Thank you, everybody. I, I'm really excited about today because I want to speak a word specifically to Kingsgate Peterborough, to all of you who are part of this center. Trust you got from the look back video a couple of weeks ago, the sense of the supernatural love that God has given Karen and myself for this place and for this people. And we are at a place of great gratitude, as I trust many of you are, for what God has done thus far in our journey. And it's been great, hasn't it, to look back and say thank you to God. And we're so grateful for such an amazing church family that you are, for people from so many different nationalities and different generations, a strong, strong presence in the city. But also I just want to acknowledge today that there are many, many of you who travel in from the region. We've got people, we've got a growing number coming down from Boston, from Sleaford in the north, people out in Wisbeach and March in the east, Huntingdon, God, Manchester in the south, all the way sort of Stamford, um, Cor Corby even right out into the west. Why don't we just take a moment to thank and honour every person who comes in from the region and gathers with us. Thank you. God bless you. Many of you are serving amazingly and then going out in the power of the Spirit to influence your neighbourhood. So we're, we're in a great place and but we sense very strongly as I know many of you do. You fed back over the last couple of weeks. This really is just the beginning, and we cannot stay here no matter how good God has been to us. In fact, we feel pregnant with a new word, and the word, as you know, is to turn the church inside out, not to stop meeting inside. In fact, we need to, as we saw last Sunday, gather even more for greater glory. Amen? How many of you enjoy gathering? Uh, yeah, let's thank God for the privilege of gathering. Um, I, I bumped into one of the, the guys driving the minibus and just said, thanks for what you do. And he said, he said, oh, thanks so much for last Sunday, all those kind of assessments or whatever. It felt like I was having a Kingsgate MOT. And so he felt so freshly challenged. So we need to keep gathering for greater glory. But the, 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 if you like, the key to this word is not just gathering inside, but, but going out, inside out. I don't know when you first heard that phrase, inside out, and when I start talking today about the call to go out, I don't know what your initial reaction would be. Let me tell you what mine was. It was a mixture. I knew last summer as we were seeking God as a team and God started speaking about a new thing. Number one, I was excited because I knew that God had fresh vision for us. I knew that our best days were ahead, not behind. Amen. And I knew that part of what God was saying was giving us a word that will help us go into next generations, but also would help us reach many more people than we could possibly do if we carried on doing just what we were doing, as good as it is. So I was excited. But if I'm honest, I felt somewhat inadequate. I actually went to the Lord and I said to the team, I said, before we go into this, I've just got to check, I can lead this. Because see, when you've been leading one way for a long time... I was aware that I would have to change probably before anyone else. And so I went to the Lord and I, I started seeking him and saying, Lord, can I make this turn personally and can I lead this church? And you're glad, glad to hear that the answer was yes. And I'm confident about it, but that, that, that was where I was at. But one of the turning points for me was we'd had that word, but I went on a summer study break 
And as I was seeking the Lord, the Lord directed me to this key scripture that we've been focusing on, Ezekiel 47. And I had an encounter with the Lord as I was reading Ezekiel 47. And so it's a beautiful scripture. It's a prophetic picture from an Old Testament prophet that I has, believe has massive New Testament um, application and application to our lives. So I'd like you to sit back and watch and listen and, and, and hear the, the reading of this amazing scripture, Ezekiel 47. Listen to this. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Araba, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore. From Engedi to Enegleim, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Thank God for the reading of his word. Isn't God's word powerful? And what I trust today, and what my earnest prayer, is that God will encourage you and speak to you as he did me in the summer and ha as he has been to many of us as a team. And whether you're somebody who's a, a naturally bold, already out there kind of person, you're already swimming in the deep, or maybe like me, there's a mixture of excitement and it, how do we do this? Or maybe you're way on the help kind of end of the spectrum. I believe God wants to speak to everyone. Say everyone. And wherever we're at, he wants us to encourage us to make the turn, and so each of the headings I've got from Ezekiel have a let's go. And the idea is we're all going to go together. So first, let's go. Let's go in the power of the Spirit. Let's go in the power of the Spirit. See, the good news is the word is not just go. The word is go in the power of the Spirit. In other words, if we are going to make any difference to anybody, we are not going to do it in our own strength or our own resources. We're only going to do it by God's mighty power, as we have in our mission statement, by the power of God's love flowing in us and flowing out from us. And for those of you trying to work out what's this river all about, well, the river is not a literal river. If you go to Jerusalem 
today, or if you've been at any other time in its history, there's never been a literal river flowing from Jerusalem in the mountain down to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has been uh, dead, and it still is dead today, in natural. This is a prophetic picture of God's Holy Spirit. Often water is a picture of the Spirit of God, and it's a wonderful picture of the power and the presence of God flowing from the temple. But notice the direction that the water is flowing. It starts inside. That's why we need to become Christians, get filled with the Spirit, meet with God and gather. But its direction is flowing inside out. That's always the direction that God's Spirit has flowed. Jesus came from heaven to earth. God's heart is always to go from where there's his presence into where there's absence. And so in one sense, inside out isn't a radical new word. It's just us getting in the flow of what God has always been wanting to do. And to some extent, some of us have done that. But this is about a full-on movement and a recognition that we are to be the gathered people of God. We are the temple of God, but that the river of God's Spirit always wants to flow from his people out to where the needs really are. It's a life-giving, salvation, healing river. And the, the New Testament kind of equivalent of this is picked up by Jesus in John 7. Jesus says this, Let anyone who is thirsty, here we have water language, come to me and drink. So there's a coming to Jesus. If you like, there's a There's an outside-in direction. We've got to come to him. And can I say keep coming to him? How many of you still get thirsty as Christians? We've got to, so there's a coming to Jesus, but then it says, anyone, if anyone believes in me, guess what's going to happen? Rivers of living water will flow out, and in some translations will flow out from your innermost being. In other words, let me say it very clearly. This is what this means. You and I, individually, in our groups, as a whole Kingsgate Centre, we are the new temple of God. God's Spirit is in us. We come to Jesus. We drink. He fills us up. But then there is something that is supposed to happen. If we believe in Him, there's a promise. Say there's a promise. And the promise is this. Out of us, out of you, out of me, will flow rivers of living water. The Spirit was never meant to stay in. The Spirit was meant to go inside out. Hallelujah. So if that's the case, good news. (laughs) We're going with God, not against God. We're going with the power flowing from us. That means it doesn't matter how timid or inadequate or fearful or ill-equipped we feel, We have got the mighty third person of the Trinity living on the inside of us, flowing out from us. He will give us everything we need to go inside out. Hallelujah. Can you see why I was so encouraged? As I started reading this, I was like, honestly, I started crying in the presence of God. Lord, there's a river flowing out of me. Hallelujah. There's a river going to flow out. And I thought, Lord, yes, we play our part. But Lord, you're sure going to play your part. You have provided for us a river. But it gets even better than that. Notice that you picked up how the prophet was asked to watch how the river was measured. There's measurements. First, there was a measurement. And first part of the river, as it flowed out from the temple, I don't know if you noticed it, it was 
ankle deep. Do you notice that? Then another, then it goes knee deep, then it goes waist deep, and then it goes so deep that you, you have to swim in it. You can't cross it. You have to swim. And as we were thinking about, and I started sharing about this scripture last year to our team and to leaders, kind of maybe just with a bit of a sense of humor, I thought, this is fantastic. Here's Ezekiel prophesying all those hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I'm sure he had in mind Kingsgate Church who are going to have a four-year vision, and they're going to talk about my river, and it's got four different dimensions. That was a joke. But seriously, the point is that the river gets, hear me clearly, progressively deeper the further away it goes. You see, we believe in the, the something special about the glory of God amongst his people. We get that, yeah? If you don't get that, listen to message last week. We're, we're passionate about that. But there's something here about the fact that actually the further out the river goes the deeper it gets. So let me put it like this. I believe the power of God is not going to get weaker the further we go, but stronger. Why? Because the further away we get, if you like, the further out we get into the devil's territory, the further we out we get into broken people's lives and dead places in our city, in our region, we're going to need a greater power than we've ever seen before. Amen? So we've got to pray for more glory in the house, but I'm absolutely expectant that God is going to do his part if we'll do our part. And if we'll start going, we're going to see a progressive increase of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see signs and wonders and tangible evidence of the kingdom of God. Why? Because the power of God's not for show or for play. It's to help transform people's lives. Amen. And God is going to give us, and I believe he wants to impart today, a greater increase of his love and his compassion and his anointing. There's something in me where I just can't stand it anymore. I've got to go. <laughs> and I'm going to go with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so there's the sense in which, and it may be, and, and the reason we're doing a four-year vision, uh, you know, people will tell you this. Generally speaking, we, it, just in the natural, organization, business, just in the natural, generally speaking, you can accomplish more in four years than you think. But we're not just doing it in the natural, we've got the Holy Spirit. I said, maybe some of you are already out there, this inside out vision is like we're catching up with where you are, hallelujah. <laughs> and you're already swimming. But it may feel like in your group or in your own life or us, the church, may feel like this first year, 2017, some of you are just getting your ankles deep, your ankles wet. But guess what? If we keep on going, say keep on going, and we keep on message and we keep on mission and we keep focus, gathering and going, all of us together, seeking God, not, not letting stuff stop us and distractions hold us back. But we keep on going individually, as groups, as ministries, as a whole center. Guess what's going to happen? The anointing is going to get progressively deeper. And we're going to start, some of us it can like, well, there's an ankle deep anointing. Then there's a knee deep anointing. Then there's a waist deep anointing. And sometime, somewhere, somehow, the anointing is going to be so great that it's almost going to be difficult for people who don't know Jesus to be aware that he's alive and he loves them and has a plan for them. 
I'll talk about the end. There's going to be a saturation of his presence over our city and our region. That's the first thing. Let's go in the power of the Spirit. Courage, you ready? But the calling is not just to go with a new power, the power of God's love, the power of God's Spirit. Also, the, pa- the, the call is to go with a new authority. Say authority. authority. So we're not just to go in the, in the power of the Spirit. We're also go, to go as kingdom ambassadors. Now, this is like a new view of who you are as a Christian. You are somebody called to be a child of God. You are called to be somebody to get free and become like Christ. You are called to be somebody who loves the local church and serves and gives and prays and builds up the body. But part of your destiny to be a Christian is not just to have a Sunday existence and then compartmentalize till Monday. You need to realize that as a believer, as a born again child of God, you've, you've swapped kingdoms. You've come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. You've come out of a kingdom that was full of bondage and death, and you've come into a kingdom that is free and full of glory. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of God, or as Jesus sometimes called it, the kingdom of heaven. And what we need to see, if we go back to the ministry of Jesus, this is not just stuff in an Old Testament passage. This has incredible fulfillment in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus came as the temple of God. Power flowed out from him. But do you know what Jesus' number one message was when he was on the earth? What he preached about and demonstrated about, apart from talking about his father more than anything else, do you know what he talked about? The kingdom of God. The rule and reign of God. And he says, I've come basically from heaven, from headquarters, on earth, and then through healing and through preaching and through deliverance and through doing good, he rolled back the kingdom of darkness and more and more people got liberated by the life and the love of God. And so when Jesus then died on the cross, rose from the dead, went to be with the Father and won the eternal ultimate cosmic battle, paying the price for the sin of every single human being who ever lived and ever will live, disarming powers and principalities, and he pours out his spirit on his new temple, guess what the mission of his followers is to be? Carry on his mission, which was what? To establish the kingdom of God. And so I want you to see your life, and I want, to see, I want each of us to see that when you go about your daily business, you're not just going about your daily business, you've been commissioned to be a representative of the king, you are here on the earth, you, you belong to a foreign heavenly country, the kingdom of God, and you are here now, and everywhere you go, 24-7, you are an ambassador. You are a representative of the king, you have the power of the spirit, and you have authority to bring the love and the life and the blessing of God wherever you go. And I don't know if you noticed in the, in, in the atrium, isn't it great what, what the team are doing, some of these creative things? I, I love that great big picture there. Um, it's a, of the river, and it says in Ezekiel 47 verse 9, wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Where the river flows, life abounds. I love that word wherever. What do you think the word wherever means? Everywhere. Everywhere. So, 
If you and I are living temples of God and the Spirit of God is flowing out from us, guess where the life of the river, the life of the kingdom of God can flow? Everywhere. It can flow if you're the only person in your workplace who doesn't know Jesus. It can flow if you're the only Christian in your whole village or neighborhood. The life of God, the authority of Jesus is in you. And if Jesus is in you, you and Jesus are a majority. Because there's a greater power and life in you. doesn't matter how dark the darkness. It doesn't matter how dead the deadness. You are there to represent the king. So put your shoulders back. You are an ambassador. You are a kingdom ambassador. And and sometimes I like to think about the fact that, you see, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're all going to do together, but I think it's important we each take our own responsibility. You know, there are thousands of people who in some way connect to just this one center, Kingsgate Peterborough. What I'm excited about is the fact that many of you are already living this way, and some of you, God's just giving a revelation, even today, there's going to be a wake up and you're going to start living the rest of your life differently as a result of the fact that 24-7, Jesus is king. He's Lord of your work. Can I have an amen? He's Lord of your family. He's Lord of your neighborhood. He's already out there because he's on an omnipresent God. He's Lord when you're in the gym. It's not that you have to go around and get on a soapbox and preach every moment. I'm talking about representing the king in every area of your life in a naturally supernatural way, expectant that God is going to use you and there will become opportunities to demonstrate or declare his goodness. And so just this little kind of diagram here, you know, just think about your world. Think about if you're a kingdom ambassador, you are an ambassador when you're with your family and your friends. You're an ambassador when you're in your kind of networks, your social areas. You're an ambassador if you work, when you're at work. You're an ambassador in your neighborhoods. And the great thing is, there's more and more kingdom ambassadors all across our city and our region. I had the um, experience last summer of needing to go to the city hospital. I had a large, a very painful sebaceous cyst on, right in the middle of my back. And it was, it was causing me a lot of aggro. I wasn't sleeping. And uh, obviously, you know, we're praying and it began to reduce a bit, but agreed and got funding that I need to have an operation. So I go into the hospital and I'm there in one of these little cubicles and, you know, in one of those fetching little white gowns. I mean, who designed those things? Anyway, so there I am sitting and the anesthetist came, pulled the curtain back and nearly fell over and said, oh, hello, Pastor Dave. I'm the one who's supposed to be worried, not you. Oh, something like, didn't expect to see you here. Anyway, so got it all ready. And then um, a bit later on, the consultant came, started examining my back, looking all over. Said, I can't operate. I said, why is that? You know, you wait for months and all. I was like, I was really frustrated. Why is that? Well, there's nothing there. It's disappeared completely. I said, no, 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 uh, you, you just look, no, it's gone. <laughs> so I was like, I felt a bit mixed. I thought, well, I hope it really has gone because it's <laughs> great faith. <laughs> anyway, so, so put the, get the little gown off, get dressed, 
I'm out sort of having a cup of tea or wait, waiting, I think, I think, to go. And another person comes up, another member of the medical team quietly says, I'm a Christian for another church. I heard about your sis going. So encouraged. <laughs> I, I thought they were all over the place. <laughs> then I bump into the anesthetist and she's sort of doing a little jig. I'm exaggerating. And I thought, I go in for an op and we're having a mini healing revival in the middle of the... So I'm already feeling quite good. And then I go out into the HM of the hospital. Hello, Pastor Dave. Another <laughs> Kingsgate ambassador, the pharmacist. And then another one's there. The assistant pharmacist. I thought they're all over. They've invaded this place. There's a takeover. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the point is, the story is not that, you know, I got healed. The point of the story is, we've got amazing men and women right on the front lines in our city hospital and can I say in our schools and in our businesses doing all kinds of jobs at all different areas and all different levels. I want to tell you what you do in the week as you work, looking after the children, whatever you do, it really, really matters. You are salt and light. You're a kingdom ambassador. May God anoint you. And may you view the gathering as well as honouring God and reaching others. May you view it as partly, I'm coming back to the embassy to, feel, to receive fresh instructions, fresh anointing, fresh commissioning, so I can go and become a kingdom ambassador all the more on Monday morning or wherever you start work. Amen? Kingdom ambassador. So let's go in the power of the Spirit. Let's go as kingdom ambassadors. And thirdly, as we go, let's go to help and to heal. Can we say that? Let's go to help and to heal. I don't know if you notice back to Ezekiel's river, alongside the banks of the supernatural river are fruit-bearing trees. It says their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. It's actually a picture that's picked up in, at the end of the book of Revelation. And I like these two things, the sense of supernatural trees, trees that have grown by the river. And again, they're, they're a picture. The fruit and the food is a picture of, if you like, practical help and provision in life. And then the leaves of the tree are for healing. And again, let's fast forward to the ministry of Jesus. Peter, summarizing the ministry of Jesus, says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And I believe if we're going to be people of the river of God, we can expect that as we allow the Holy Spirit to flow, we are going to have his anointing. We're going to have an increase of compassion, wisdom, faith, boldness and power to provide practical help like Jesus, go around doing good, acts of kindness, changing people's lives, serving them in a practical way and in a supernatural dynamic of healing. In the prayer meeting just beforehand, Samson had a great word and he said, I believe there's going to be an increase and multiplication of healing in Kingsgate. How many believe that? I'm believing for an increase inside the house and an increase outside as a way of demonstrating that our God is good. You see, we live in a culture where on the one hand, there's a lot of skepticism, but you know there's also an incredible openness and hunger 
to the reality of who Jesus is. And some people, we have to go and they have to have a demonstration, either an act of kindness or maybe a miracle, and that will open their heart up so that the word can be proclaimed. And I know that, you know, this is not something kind of new. We, for years, we've had great ministries, things like the Care Zone, and now more recently the Food Bank, just to mention a couple of great ministries, and many of you in groups and individuals. We've done campaigns, and we've done all kinds of acts of kindness, but I want to tell you, I believe that as we go into this next four years, God's going to bring a new anointing, a new creativity, a new effectiveness as we seek to demonstrate the love of God and bring help and healing to multitudes in our city and region. Amen? had a, an email in from Zoe McLean. She said, hi, Dave and Kaz. About four months ago, I heard a news report about how loneliness is rife today. Two groups of people most affected are the elderly and mums with young children. It really struck a chord with me, and I couldn't shake it. Over Christmas, I felt God nudging me to do what, what I could and help gather, connect, and build genuine friendship and community amongst the mums in Peterborough. I've started a group on Facebook to gather people, and in three days, over 400 mums have joined, most of whom I don't know. Apparently, it's up to something like 486 or something. They're already sharing stories, encouraging each other virtually, and most exciting, they're beginning to meet up. Church inside out. I'm excited that now I have some influence in local mums' lives that I would never otherwise have had. Isn't that great? And I believe that we're coming into a day where if we think inside out, God will give the creativity. Now, some of you may be a lot more just day-to-day -day acts of kindness. But we each need to take our individual initiative. But also, there's something about us going together, isn't there? One of the things, I'm really excited and we're going to be preparing and working with the, the small group leaders uh, this coming Saturday. Really excited about building all the amazing work that's been done in years and increasing the effectiveness of our serving and our blessing, our networks and neighborhoods in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you to be part of that. Something about us going together gives us boldness and there's something powerful about teamwork. And then we've got many ministries, if you think of inside out or activities, that for years we've kind of developed inside that are healthy and work that we think we can take outside. Just give some examples. Connect groups, you're connecting together, can open them up outside. Children's after school clubs, youth groups, mini movers, grand adults coffee mornings, healing rooms, happens in here. What about out there? Food collection points for the food bank, care zone outlets, parenting courses, alpha, not just in here, but out there. Think how, how we could multiply the blessing if we take what's inside out. How many think we could reach a lot more people if we take the good things God has given us and not restrict it to one location or one way of doing things, but multiply out through groups and through ministries and through individuals? That was kind of a question, <laughs> hopefully an answer from somewhere out there. Amen. And then we, we want to go all together, literally as a center. And so we've got a couple of Saturdays earmarked in, in June where we're working with the council and we want to 
basically go and do sort of a big clear up of some parks and playgrounds in the city and some in the region, kind of involve the local community, help the community come together, serve alongside a big clear up in the morning and sort of barbecue and opportunity to interact and just bless those areas with the love of God in the name of Jesus. Amen? And then finally, I want to say we're going to increase the training and the anointing and the expectation for healing. I know that some of you, you probably feel like part of the reason God's put you on planet Earth is he's because you've given you a love for people who are sick and you want to see the sick healed and you love seeing them healed inside, but we want to take the power and the love of God outside. How many agree with me that we're going to see an increase of signs, ones and miracles both inside the house and out and demonstrate that our God is good? More of that as we go deeper. And then fourth thing that we're called to do, not only are we to go in the power of the Spirit, go as kingdom ambassadors, go to help and heal, it's a call to go, let's go, and share the good news. See, if you look back again to Ezekiel's river, the main, if you like, beneficiaries of the river are the fish. <laughs> fish that weren't there suddenly are there. Fish that couldn't swim in dead waters suddenly can swim. There's lots of fish and lots of fishermen. Listen to the language. I love this. Swarms. Say swarms. Swarms of living creatures. Say large numbers. Large numbers of fish. The fish will be of, say this, many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. There's this sense of massive swarms of different types of fish, and there's life, and there's health, and there are also fishermen alongside the river having a great time fishing in all these fish. You say, what's that about? Well, you only have to look forward again to the ministry of Jesus. When he first called his disciples who were fishermen, he used fish as an analogy for people. He said to them in Matthew 4, 19, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Trans transforming the lives of people. Jesus loves fish, but he's really interested in people. People that God created that he shed his blood for. People, people, people. Lost people, found people, people far from God, people who don't even know that he loves them. And I believe this picture is speaking to us about a multitude of people coming into the kingdom of God. That's God's promise. That's God's anointing. That's what the Spirit wants to do. But guess what? God wants partners. He wants fishermen and women who will go out empowered by the Spirit as kingdom ambassadors, helping and healing, but also prepared as opportunity comes to share the message to share the message. This is part of God's partnership that he calls into. Uh, Mark 16, 16 says, go into the, all the world, this is Jesus, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Aren't you glad that you heard the message? Aren't you glad that you heard the message of salvation? You see, we have to live it kingdom ambassadors. We have to demonstrate it, helping and healing, but we also have to sometimes speak it so that people might understand 
and their hearts might be opened and they might receive the greatest gift of all, new birth, salvation, eternal life. And for much of our history, you know, we've, the emphasis has been in terms of sharing, and this is not exclusive, but the emphasis being bring people, bring them, bring them to, get to services, bring them to Alpha. Say to people, come and see. And how many know that there are still a lot of people out there who you just give them a simple invitation, that you bring them to a service or to a course or something, they'll hear the message and they'll be eternally saved and they'll be eternally grateful that you invited them. But if we're going to see the multitudes, if we're going to see the swarms, if we're going to see fish of all kinds, there are some people and many people right now currently, and you know it and I know it, in your workplace, in our neighborhoods right now, who don't even think about church, don't even know Jesus there. So it's not enough just for us to have a come and see. We've actually got to have a go and share. And so one of the the major things for this next four years is we want to, and we're looking into producing stuff and um, opportunities where we want to equip and train every single Kingsgate member, not only to be able to say, come and see, but also let me tell you. In other words, we want to help equip people and you to share your faith where you are so that you might be giving the words of life to people who desperately, desperately need to hear the eternal gospel. How many think that would be amazing if we start seeing more people get saved out than saved in? I believe that. And very interesting that Peter himself, a kind of a bold proclamation evangelist of which, can I say, there's a tiny minority of the population, so relax. He gets up on the day of Pentecost and he declares against opposition and 3,000 get saved. But it's interesting, when he's writing to, if you like, Christians who are not natural out and out, bold out there evangelists, this is how he instructs them. He says, go and live your lives. Go and live integrous lives. Go and serve people. Go and live as kingdom ambassadors. And then he says this, and always, say always, always, always be prepared or always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. If we're going to build long term, we've got to be, we've got to be respectful. We've got to be gentle, but we must not back off when the opportunity comes. We must be ready because the Spirit's ready. And in your own, maybe very unassuming way, fitted to the personality that God has made you, not a Peter type necessarily, God wants to use you to bring words of eternal life. So that people, their lives might be changed now and for all eternity. Isn't that the primary purpose of the Spirit? Isn't that the wonderful purpose of why the river wants to flow up? That many, many might come to know the Lord. And and we, we need to be ready and skilled and prepared and confident. And in one sense, relaxed about just telling what God's done in our lives and pointing the way towards Jesus. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be ready. Be ready. Now, on your sermon outline, if you'd like to take that out and and if you'd just like to grab a pen. Last week, we had as uh, my bus driver, Kingsgate bus driver friend said, I had a full MOT. Well, there's just one area that I want you to assess today. It's kind of a general area. It's about 
where you would say you are, start of 2017, maybe not even gone ankle deep yet, maybe you're swimming, how would you describe where you're at in terms of your readiness to go? Let me be honest, I may have shared this before, but after that Ezekiel encounter in the summer, God had already done something in my heart, but when I came back into September, and I looked at what was actually happening in my life, some reason, I, I, my, my missional temperature, my heart for people and the reality of me being a, uh, being a kingdom ambassador and a witness, I assessed myself as a gone down to a four out of 10. And I remember going and sharing that with my small group that I lead, said, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm only at a four and I'm not happy about that. I'm, I'm believing that by me seeking God and taking action, in one month, I'm going to go for a four to a ten. And basically, I had an encounter with the Lord, felt the Lord showing me somebody to invite on Alpha. And from that moment on, I, I took a next step, and God, who is faithful, started giving me opportunities. I had more opportunities in those three, four months than I think I've had for years. I was honest, I made myself accountable. I sought God, and God did the rest. So right now, with your, your pen at the ready, where would you just describe yourself? It's fine if it's a one. <laughs> but praise God, we've got four years. Wouldn't it be fantastic if in four years' time? And then, where it says next step, what's the next thing that you think you could do? Is it? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's I need to seek God. Maybe it's I need to start praying for friends. Maybe it's I just need to be ready. Maybe I, I need to get actively involved in my life group and do things together. Just take one thing down and let's agree together that that's what we're going to do all together. And then share that in your life groups this week and pray together. Here's the exciting thing. Regardless of where we're at right now, can you believe that if every single one of us took steps, we're all going to start seeing an increase? For ankle deep, we'll go knee deep. Yeah, we're all going to start increasing. Here's what could happen if we all play our part individually, collectively, in a whole, as a whole church. This is what could happen. Get ready, friends. Our city and our region could be transformed. Come on. Our city and our region could be transformed. You see, in Ezekiel's picture, and this is my final point, there was a miraculous transformation that took place. It says this water flows towards the eastern region and it goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it enters the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. The Dead Sea is dead. It's filled with bromide and chemicals. Nothing can live there. And here Ezekiel is seeing by the Holy Spirit, literally a Dead Sea becomes full of life and full of fish. And I believe this is prophetically speaking. There is no situation or person who is outside of the love of God where God cannot transform that person or that community. And if we'll go, think what could happen. Many of you are involved in a, what we all sense was a very powerful three days of prayer and fasting about 10 days ago. And on the Tuesday night, I was in the prayer room praying over a map of Peterborough because the map was sort of this size struck me as being really small and as I started looking at the city 
and I want you to include the region too. I sense very clearly the Lord's giving me this, this, this word. City saturation. City saturation. And the word was, it's time to start thinking big and believing me, not just big for the church, but big for what I want to do in the city and the region. Friends, if every single one of us will go, and we're going to pray in just a moment, with a new anointing of the Spirit, with a new authority to be kingdom ambassadors, to go with new compassion to help and to heal, to go with a new boldness and equipment to go and share the gospel, and we do it individually, we do it together, and we do it as a whole center, guess what could happen? Our city and our region could be transformed, and multitudes and multitudes could come to faith for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Let's thank him right now. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name that you are calling us. Thank you for what you've done so far. But we thank you right now, Lord, for the new opportunity you're giving us. Thank you for the word, Lord, that is going to come to pass and be fulfilled because we say, Lord, that we're ready and willing to receive. And I thank you right now that you release a new anointing over us for the transformation of multitudes Fill us and empower us and help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.